0: My name is Pastor John Huber for everybody who's maybe new here. And uh, it's great to have everybody here this Sunday. And uh, I want to tell you a story to start with. There was a man who was going by a uh, Little League baseball game. And he saw a bunch of kids there. And they were losing 18 to nothing. And he asked the third baseman... Uh, You're losing 18 to nothing. I I must say, you don't look discouraged. Discouraged, the boy said. Why should I be discouraged? We haven't even come up to bat yet. And sometimes we think of that we're discouraged. We feel like, you know, the enemy's got his, his way. Everything's going like that. And we need to understand that God has the final say. That God has the final say. That this is not... No matter how many runs the other team may be scoring, no matter what may be going on, that God has the final say. Daniel has many reasons to be discouraged as we go through the book of Daniel. Daniel's been taken captive. He's been carried off to another land. He's been forced to do things. There's a chance he may have been uh, made into a eunuch. Definitely not something you want to have. And so we're not, you know, there's a lot of things going on in his life. He's been thrown to a lion's den. He's seen his friends thrown into a furnace. Now God has saved him, but he's never going to see, probably see, ever see his mom and dad again. He's never going to see the holy temple. He's never going to see the city of God. He's, he's discouraged. And many of us, I think, are also discouraged throughout time. Throughout time, there's been great times of persecution for Christians. Maybe it's a personal persecution we go through. Maybe it's a, uh, just a time of discouragement, and we wonder, where is God? It seems like evil is winning. It seems like, you know what, we're down 18 to nothing, and where is God and what's going to happen about this? And what we're going to see today as we're going into Daniel chapter 7 is a dramatic change in the book of Daniel. Now, I don't want to oversell today, but I want to say you picked an excellent Sunday to come. Because according to most modern commentaries, this is the single most important chapter in the book of Daniel. Not only that, I'm selling this big today. Many experts say this is the single most important chapter in the entire Old Testament. Now, wouldn't you feel bad if you had stayed home today? I'm just saying, because this is a big deal. Because, I mean, over and over, it's the one that people write about. It's the one, but it tells us of the story of God. It tells us about who He is and what it means to us. And the dramatic change that's going to happen is they change from a narrative, something that we understand, telling a story, to what's called an apocalyptic, or the word apocalyptic is translated to revelation. That where great principles that are difficult for us to understand are given, and uh, you'll see the reaction that Daniel has to this. They're very powerful, they're, they're emotional. Some people have compared it to like poetry where the words are done in such a way, the imagery, the metaphors, all of the things like that are done in such a way to elicit a reaction. They are things beyond our comprehension. And they explain without easy words. Thus, precision to details is almost impossible and where most people get in trouble when they read apocalyptic. If you remember, in 1988, if you were alive that time, there was a book called 88 Reasons Why Christ Will Return in 1988. There was a book the next year, 1989. He also wrote one in 90, 92, 94, and then he gave up. But there's all kinds of people that have come up with these guaranteed, okay? Uh, there were Christian radio stations or broadcasting networks that were celebrating when Christ was going to return because they knew it was going to happen. Uh, there's images that you will see, like there's a bear that's going to be in this. And people are like, the bear, that must be the Soviet Union. Guess what? We don't have a Soviet Union anymore, okay? So that kind of falls apart. And then some people say, it must be the Roman Empire. Well, we don't have a Roman Empire anymore. And other imagery, the American eagle. Ooh, America, eagle, it must be us. No, no offense, but pretty much every culture has used the eagle. I mean, the Persians, the Babylonians, throughout time. Um, And all kinds of things have been used when people have taken these passages and tried to find the minute details in them. That's not what they're meant for. They're imagery. God is seen as the Ancient of Days, and he has gray hair, and he sits on a throne. God is not a gray-haired man sitting on a throne. It's trying to give you an image of who he is with that, okay? It's like when it says that there's a verse in the Old Testament that says that God likes to gather in his people like a mother hen. To his, okay, God is not a big chicken. Okay, just letting you know. Those are images. But apocalyptic really tries to get the revelation of end times. It gives you the, the idea of what is going on. And it, gives you sim, it uses symbols, metaphors, uh, imagery from that time. But I want you to know one major thing. Far from being pessimistic. A lot of people when they go into the apocalyptic such as Revelation and Daniel... They get all pessimistic. The idea of apocalyptic literature is to tell you that God has it under control. That God will win in the end. The imagery is always of optimism and joy. It celebrates God's victory. It celebrates that God will win over the enemies of the saints. That is what these are written for. So as we read today, You're going to hear some interesting imagery. You're going to hear some interesting imagery. If I was a better... I've seen artistic renditions of this. This is always interesting. Um, But listen to the imagery and try to get the picture of what God is trying to relay to Daniel. So if you look in Daniel chapter 7, starting with verse 1, we're going to start with the horror of evil. The horror of evil. It is in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream... And visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. And four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then I looked, into its, then I looked its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man. And the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one like a bear. It was raised up on one, on one side. It had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I, I looked, and behold, another like a leopard with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this I saw the, the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast Terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth, it devoured and broken in pieces, and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold there came up from among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by its roots, and behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. Now, this is a dream and a vision, okay? This is a dream and a vision in an apocalyptic understanding. God is trying to express to Daniel things that are beyond his comprehension, and he's using images. Have you ever had this example where you've tried to explain something to somebody and you just can't explain it? You say you have to be there? The imagery that is being used here is saying, you can't grasp all these things, but I'm going to try and give you this imagery of what it is. And the imagery is, is that this is a horror of what's going on in the world. This is the powers of evil fighting against humanity. This is evil let loose on the world. Uh, This is from King Belshazzar from chapter 5. We're moving back in time a little bit. But the powers of this earth are leading up to the end of time. And the first thing you need to understand is the part that maybe is tricky for us is all these beasts come out of the water and it talks about the four winds of the four winds are blowing into it and it's roaring the sea is rushing and the evil is coming out of it and throughout the old testament and throughout all all the myths of the of the ancient world the sea was where evil came from the sea was where evil and so the imagery is this is evil this should shake you to the core. When this was read, it was intended to say you should feel the horror of evil as you see this. Imagery, it was unna- all these beasts are unnatural. Okay? Wings are attached to things and, and things are doing weird things. You've got a beast with metal teeth. You've got all this it's saying this is not the way God intended it to be. That's another aspect you can see that God did not intend for this evil. This is is evil outside of God. This is the evil that is fighting against God. And we need to understand that. And another thing that's very important to understand, and I remember sitting in my class when I was in seminary, and we would sit there as all good seminary students, and we would read a passage like this, and we'd ask the all-knowing wise teacher, so what do all the beasts represent? He goes, all I can tell you is what the Bible tells you. We don't have the answers. And for everybody that wants to give you the answers, they'll sell a lot of books. They'll sell their next 88 reasons or they'll sell their next whatever. But they're not going to have all the answers because the Bible does not give us the answers of who these beasts are. And maybe that's for a reason. They represent more than just one kingdom. They represent evil as a whole. And you can see elements. People say, well, I see the... Persians. I see the Greeks. I see the Romans. I see like people have seen the Soviet Union. They've seen uh, Nazi Europe, Hitler, Nazi Europe, and they've seen all these things. And they say, yes, they all have the elements because they are all evil fighting against that which is good. And they always seem to be winning. And people are being killed and people are being hurt. And the enemy is on the the prowl. All we know is is that they succeed one another until the end of time. And the last beast, one commentator called him the robo-beast because he really liked uh, sci-fi movies. After this, I saw in the night vision, and he had great iron teeth and it devoured in broken pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before, and it had ten horns. And it tells us that this this is like the most massive beast that's going to fight against all of humanity. Now, the, re- the, the help that we get comes from an angel that Daniel is, is smart enough to ask because he's sitting there going and we can see what his reaction is. He's terrified. Okay, if you look in, Dan- in, in verse 15, he's terrified. He looks and he's, we're supposed to be terrified. If Daniel's terrified, he's trying to get that image across to us. And... So the beast tells us in verse 17 that these four beasts are four kings which will rise out of the earth. And Daniel says in verse 19 that I desired to know about the fourth beast. And he said this fourth beast is exceedingly terrifying with its teeth of iron and cat- claws of bronze and which devoured and broke into pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. And it says in verse 21 as I looked the horn that was on it made war with the saints, and prevailed over them. So what we have here is the image that has been happening for years. And maybe we in the United States don't understand it. Maybe we don't see the fact of our, our you know, people thrown into jail, people being killed for the faith. We don't have necessarily a government that seeks out after Christians and tries to destroy them. We've seen a lot of changes that have taken place in our country where it's become less and less a Christian safe place, but we have no image of this. But you can imagine reading this and reading when um, soldiers are knocking down your door, coming in and taking you away and killing you for your faith. And understanding the fact that there is an evil in this world and it is a real spiritual battle that happens that there is real evil coming to make war against the saints it's real and you know i've heard it said it's not paranoia if they're really out to get you okay and it's true right here there is an evil and we need to be understanding that they're making war verse 25 says he shall speak words against the most high and he shall wear out the saints of the most high the imagery that we see of this beast and we need to understand the evil in this world he will blaspheme God. We hear it more and more all in our world today that people are just saying, we get to decide what we believe about God and what we don't believe about God. I think that's one of the most biggest blasphemes. I heard the other day, somebody was trying to talk about his faith and he was saying, well, the Apostle Paul, I agree, unless Jesus said it, it isn't really in the Bible. The Apostle Paul gets an opinion, but Jesus is the final word. And I've heard this said before, and I'm like, that's not the way it works. That's not the way... It, you don't get to pick and choose. Well, I like Daniel, but Ezekiel, no, I don't really go for that. Okay, that's, that's blaspheme against God. And there are people saying, this is what are coming after the Most High. They're coming after the truth. And then it says that they are coming... They shall wear out the saints of the Most High. Now, there's an image that I don't think we want to hear. I think we like to go to church and, in fact... A lot of people that preach through the book of Daniel, all my friends have been teaching through it, they all stop on Daniel chapter 6 because like, I don't want to keep going after that. It gets kind of weird. And, and I say to myself, we need to hear this. There is going to be time, especially as the time comes up, that we will be worn out. Okay? That means that there's going to be war against us. We're, we'll feel that feeling of we are down 18 to nothing. And the imagery is there. And it's okay to understand that. But realize that it's real and it's something that is happening on the spiritual level. It's not something necessary that you did. It's just going to happen. And, and shall think to change the times and the law. and they be sh- In other words, he thinks this beast will change the law to go against the people of faith. And shall be given to his hand a time, times, and a half a time. So there will be a time when this beast will have dominion to do, make war against the saints. So we will suffer in this world as Christians. And it's important to understand that it has a purpose and that God will triumph, but it is real. The time of uh, great trouble at the end for the people of God. Daniel, after hearing this again in verse 15, says, As for me, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. Now, we all like to get good good news, but if you wake up in the middle of the night, you receive the phone call that something horrible is about to happen or has happened, you get anxious and alarmed. Verse 28, here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me and my color changed. In other words, okay, this is a little scary, but that's the imagery you're supposed to get right here. You're supposed to get the imagery that this is the enemy. Now, if we stopped right there, we should just go home, get in the bunker, and wait. Order our ready-made food for 30 years or whatever it takes and be ready to go, okay? Because there's no hope, because the beast is out to get us. Pastor just told us there's a beast, he's got iron teeth, and we're all in trouble, okay? He's called Robo Beast, and he's coming. But you know what? The story goes on. It seems that evil is winning, but God has the final word. So next it goes on to the victory of God. Verse 9 it says, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne with fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked, I looked then because of the sound of the great word that the horn was speaking. And as I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beast, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and is the kingdom, his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. I, you know what? I love Law and Order, the show. I enjoy that show. I enjoy the fact that there's a courtroom scene and the guy, the, it's, usually some, it's usually a guy, I'm just picking on it. I don't know, it's men, we seem to commit more crimes, I don't know why. But, you know, it's always a guy, and he's trying to get by with it, and they finally nail the guy, and he gets, he gets what he deserves. Maybe he's hurt somebody or something like that, or killed somebody. Because we like to see justice done. And what God is saying right here is none of this is slipping by God. None of the evil of this world is slipping by Him. The imagery of this makes it very clear that there are two main participants, the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man. And they are both in the divine realm. God's appearance, his signs of a signal of his wisdom, his white hair, his righteousness, his white clothing, and his power in judgment is his fire. God is in heaven, and he is the wise witness. He is the one that can make the right choices, and he is the one that we should listen to, not the beast. Not the beast that's going to come after us. It says thousands and thousands serve him in heaven, and the books are open to reveal the words of the beast, to reveal the works that they have done. Now here's the thing that I find interesting about this. We see this little horn that's melting off in verses 1 through 8. And he continues the mouth off to God. Okay? And God really quickly says, I, Daniel says, I look then because the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. That this little horn was going, na 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 And God just says, done. Okay, that's my summary of it. But God just says, and the beast was killed and his body destroyed and given order to be burned with fire. So here's this beast that looks so terrifying. And he's this little horn, and he's got this great mouth, and he's changing laws, and he's storming after. And then he's going to speak against the Most High, and God just says, No, no. That's our God. We need to understand that that is our God. Our God is not taken back by anything, our God is not pushed back by anything. Our God is more powerful than anything. The imagery here of the Ancient of Days with the wisdom, He is sitting there and He is in control. And it says, I saw in the night vision that, behold, the clouds of heaven, there came like a Son of Man, and he came the Ancient of Days which was resented before him. Now, who is this Son of Man? What is this imagery that we are seeing? It appears that this other person comes that comes in a cloud which is where God comes and he is given glory and dominion and power and he's given a kingdom and that all peoples, nations and languages from all races and and tongues and everywhere throughout the world are brought together by him. Who is this? Do you know of anybody else who referred to himself as the son of man and maybe in the New Testament? I'll give you a hint. Jesus Christ is his name. He is the one who referred to himself as the son of man. And it says that the beasts and all of the imagery of this world will be defeated by Jesus Christ. The imagery of him. Everything, dominion, everlasting domain, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. He is the clouds of heaven. And he is the ultimate triumph over everything. It says the beasts have their time. The beasts have their time But Jesus and the Ancient of Days will destroy every enemy of the faith. There is not one enemy that will defeat you. The fact that Christ died on the cross for you today defeats the only thing that the beast may have over you. Because what can the beast do to you? It says it can make war on the the saints. It makes war on the saints. Guess what happens if you make war on the saints? a saint may die. You know what happens when a saint dies? He or she is resurrected with Christ. So what defeat is there? There is no defeat anymore because the enemy is completely defeated by this Ancient of Days, giving the power to the Son of Man, and the Son of Man has the kingdom forever and ever and ever. Not a short kingdom like we have in this world, but forever and ever. And we need to make our decisions in this life based on forever and ever and not the short window that we live in this life. You notice the the beasts have their short little window and they have some power for a short time? That's an imagery of our life, our life here today. We have the idea that this is it and we have to make the decisions to make sure this life is good. I want to reign and rule with Christ who has dominion forever and ever and ever. In fact, the imagery here uh, which in the, and the kingdom shall not be destroyed. It's, it's just constant, the kingdom and everlasting, forever and ever. And it says in verse 25 that he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, the beast will, shall think to change the times and the law, but um, that God will defeat him in the end. The next thing is the victory for the saints. Now, not only what, now what's fascinating about this is it seems like we have no part in this, okay? There's a, there's a beast, there's God and the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man, but then there's also, where do we have a place in this? Daniel wants to know more. He says in verse 17, these four great beasts are four kings that shall rise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever, and ever. Now, I love the, the double there. You know how long it's going to be that you're going to have the kingdom with God? Forever, just in case you didn't catch that, forever and ever. I, I really like that. It's like a quick little thing. It's a long time. Have you ever done that before? Never, 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 Okay? Maybe you've said things like that before. Okay? It's kind of like I've had it up to hear It doesn't really mean anything. But you know, it's one of those things. What do we say? Forever and ever. The saints we shall receive. There will be victory for the saints. The enemy will not prevail against us. If we follow after Christ, no matter what happens in this life, no matter what the beasts do against us, no matter what the powers of the government, the kings, the powers, the evil that comes against us, we win We are guaranteed dominion forever and ever. And it says, He shall wear out the saints, in verse 25, but in verse 26, but the court shall sit in judgment and His dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. The kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. I like to support a winner, okay? Now, I am a Minnesota sports fan, which means I don't get to support a winner very often, if ever. uh, Yeah, I was was at the 87 World Series, so uh, it's been a while. But what I'm trying to say is, you want to support the one that wins in the end, not the one that looks like they're going to win. And in this world, it looks like evil's going to win. There's lines in the Bible like, why do the evil prosper? Why does it seem like they get their way? Why does it seem like the the people that are evil today, the people that are saying the things against God, seem to have the sway over our world? But God is saying the saints will rule on high because the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man with His first coming... And then with his second coming, because Christ is already defeated. You see, the beasts have already been defeated. They're flailing around right now, but they're dying because of the first coming, because of the death and resurrection of Christ. They are in their death throes. But you know the only thing we're waiting for right now? Well, we celebrate in communion, the second coming of Jesus Christ. When he comes and completely slays everything and says, reign and rule with me. And you say, Wow. We get to reign and rule? You know, even in the New Testament talks about this. Second Timothy two eleven through 13 Paul says, this, The saying is trustworthy. For if we died with him, we also shall live with him. In other words, if we die to ourselves and accept his death and resurrection and are saved, if we endure, that's the, that's the evil coming against him, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny him. We, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. But do you see that in verse 12? If we endure, we will also reign with him. We will ha- reign with him in dominion over the world. 1 Corinthians 6, 3-4, through four, one of the difficult verses to understand in some respects. And it's been talked about, but it's kind of exciting. Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? It says that we have a mighty, we reign and rule with Christ forever. That we have a role, that we are the champions, we're the winners because of Christ and what He does for us. There is victory for the saints and we have hope because of Him. Why don't you stand with me right now? I just want to ask you today. Maybe you're feeling discouraged. If our prayer ministers could come forward, maybe you're feeling discouraged. Maybe you feel like the enemy is on the prowl in your life. Maybe there's bringing all kinds of pain into your life. Things are coming into your life. But you need to understand the Ancient of Days and the Son of Man have the final judgment and the final word on everything in your life. And we will reign and rule with Christ if we follow Him. And you say, in this world, we may not see this happen. We may not see all the good things prosper. In fact, we will see a lot of, it says it will wear out the saints in the end times. That's just like an imagery in my head of, of being weary. There's a lot of things within the psalmist where they talk about just being weeping because of the evil of this world. And weeping, even Jesus wept over Jerusalem. And how He longed ...to gather them in. And he said, "Oh Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem... ...how I longed to gather... ...because he saw the evil that was there. And it hurts in our lives. But you know what? God has a purpose for us. God is in control. Even in this world... ...where we will suffer pain... ...even in this world... ...where we will suffer in, in this life... ...God has a purpose. Jesus Christ has died and rose again... ...and the Son of Man has come... And he can redeem anything that the enemy throws against us. The enemy throws pain against us. God uses it for his glory. The enemy throws everything he can against us. God uses it for his glory. And finally, one day we will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. And he will come and he will destroy evil forever. And for us that are following him, we will reign and rule with him. We will have the world that God intended it to be. But right now, what I'm asking you, if you're living for yourself, if you're making your own decisions, if you're saying, I'm not going to follow after God, I want to follow after my own decisions, you are following after the the beasts. The Bible is very clear about it. I know it doesn't sound nice when I say it. Every time I say that, I'm like, boy, that doesn't sound very nice. Maybe I should make it a little less. Well, maybe you're just not as... No, it says you're following the spirit of this world and the God of this world, which are the beasts. And that's the image that we have. We follow after God or we follow after this world. And this world is under the control of evil. And God is, under the, is uh, over everything, but he is, he is allowing the, the evil to have its time to do this. But you know what? God is in control when we want him to be in control. God is in control if we turn our lives over to Him. God is in control of everything that happens in our life if we do that. So we need to make that decision today. So if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, if you've never made Him the master of your life, if you're living on your own, you're at the whims. It says being tossed to and fro is what the Bible uses about people that are outside of Christ. You have no authority over your life. You're just being tossed to and fro by the evil of this world. Come and find Jesus that wants to set you free, the Son of Man who came, that wants to slay the evil that's in your life, that wants to destroy the evil that's in your life, that wants to make you a ruler and reign with Him. Come and talk to one of our prayer ministers. But for anybody else who's here, you may be down, you may be discouraged, you may be watching the news every day. (laughs) That's enough to discourage you, all right? And you look and you say to yourself, it seems like evil is winning. It seems like the enemy is, is going. And I think Daniel felt the same way. But this vision that he received is, that's not the way it's going to go. God wins. God wins. And he even wins while the enemy thinks he's winning. That's what's so interesting about this. The part that Daniel didn't receive and we received because of Christ is that Christ is turning every evil back at the enemy. He's turning it all back at him and saying you can't even whatever you do to my people you're going to pay for it because i'm going to do great things in their life so if you're here today accept christ and don't be discouraged understand that god the ancient of days is in control the son of man has come he has died on the cross and he is coming again lord we thank you today we thank you today god that you reign and rule We thank you, God, that although the image that we have, that because of our sin, God, I think is a big reason that evil is in this world. That there is evil uh, spirits, God. There are evil powers, God. There are evil uh, images, God, that are coming after us, God. And trying to destroy the family, trying to destroy marriages, trying to destroy people's lives, God. And God, many times we're even worn out by it, God. But let us understand, God, that you reign and rule. That the imagery that Daniel didn't even get to see, God, is the fact that the Son of Man did come. He came and he died on the cross for us, God. And he put to death death. And he, God, there's nothing the enemy can bring against us that God cannot redeem. And we are completely in your hands, God. And not only that, even God, as we suffer in this world, we know That in in the forever and ever and ever, God, we have hope in you that we shall reign and rule with you in heaven. And Lord, just give us hope because of that. And let us have hope through any struggle that we have, any persecution we may feel, God, that you ultimately are in control and you have the power to change everything. We ask this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our prayer ministers are available. Uh, Otherwise, you are dismissed.